are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. He started writing his first angel checks back 19 years ago. First one to cloudability, 20K check. That turned out nice for him. And in fact, 19 years later, after that first check, he still got 40% of his checks he's written, call it in play, 40% of dead and 20%. Who the hell knows what happened to those guys? But it growing nicely, a lot of diverse investments. And you know, he's building it really a life he loves. He's has his own manufacturing company on the side, doesn't want to run his own thing and likes supporting entrepreneurs with right governance, right structure, especially in the early days as they scale and obviously hopefully generate returns. Hey folks, my guest today is Ben Keeps. He is a professional board member and globally recognized technology commentator along with being an entrepreneur. He's building governance, investment, and analysis at diversity.net.nz. Ben, you ready to take us to the top? Always. All right. So my audience is obsessed with SaaS. Walk me through how you think about investing in B2B SaaS companies. Yeah. So, I mean, the great thing about B2B SaaS is the the metrics are so obvious. Um, you know, LTV, CAC, uh, you know, RPO, all of those sorts of things. And so it's kind of pretty easy to to assess, uh, assess a company. But fundamentally, I come back to the same thing, which is all around uh, around team. Uh, so, you know, a, ter- a terrible team can screw up a, a great idea, but a great team can, can pivot off a terrible idea and, and, and make something good. And so can you guys tell me the story of the last SaaS company you guys invested in? Yeah, so I, I invest in a bunch of a uh, bunch of different companies. Uh, probably, I guess, uh, one of the highlights is a company that I was an investor in. I was also the chair of the board of. Uh, company's called Swiped On, so that does uh, you know entry management software, uh, building information type stuff. Uh, you know, it's a pretty busy field, but they've done a great job of of organic marketing. They've done a great job of moving. You said up Swiped On, right? With Haley Ford. Swiped On. Dot com. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and so uh, great job of moving up the food chain. Uh, you know, adding adding features. Uh, you know, delivering enterprise solutions. Uh, and road that way, we got acquired by a, a UK listed company uh, a few years ago, uh, and and still doing doing super well. So so really cool to uh, to invest early, uh, to join the board, uh, to chair the board, and to run through the the uh, the acquisition process and to kind of see how that plays out. The the full life cycle. Mm-hmm. So just it looks like uh, they raised about seven hundred thousand. That's in New Zealand currency, obviously. You, and I see their seed round was via New Zealand venture investment fund. Was that you? No, no, I invested myself individually. Ah, as an angel investor. Yeah. Okay, so so what is diversity.net.nz? Is it a fund structure? Do you have a pool of capital you're investing? In? I'm guessing I'm a little confused. Yeah, sure. So that's me. So I do a bunch of different things. So uh, I do a bunch of consulting through there. I do a bunch of industry analysis, uh, and I and I invest uh, directly and and uh, and alongside other funds. Uh, and also, I, I, I do a lot of advisory and governance work. Uh, that's kind of my holding vehicle. I see. Okay, got it. Does I guess does that have any connection to the government of New Zealand? Right? Are they a big LP in a fund that you're running, or is there any connection there? Uh, no, so the government of New Zealand has what's called the Venture Investment Fund. So basically, they will co-invest alongside uh, credible uh, investors, and so a lot of the deals that I've been involved with, involved with uh, that fund has invested alongside. 
but uh, but yeah, they're, they're trying to let other people pick winners, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you, it looks like you were also involved. I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile now. Uh, uh, things like uh, Siftery, which we had on Cloudability. Now you got into all these via the the first angel round. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so I was the first uh, first investor um, in Cloudability, and again, that was super interesting. Invested, uh, introduced those guys to 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 Brad and the team at the Foundry. Uh, you know, watched that investment play out over time, and and then they got got acquired by Aptio. Uh, and yeah, that was that was an interesting an interesting journey. Siftio Siftery is, an, is another example. You know, I invested early when it was I can't even remember what it was, what it was called before Siftery. Uh, and 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 watched that proposition because I was an industry analyst and 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 Sifri was trying to kind of uh, disrupt the the analysis space. Uh, Did you introduce them to Godard? No, no, I didn't. Um, uh, I mean, I knew kind of I knew you know I knew the people who knew who's who in the zoo, uh, but they, they they met up and they and they were acquired, uh, which was great. You know, it was a good outcome for the investors, but but great to see that product in a in a in a bigger home, I guess. Yep, yep. No, that makes tons of sense. We had Cloudability on the on the show. Now this was way back before they were acquired. This was back when they were doing around twenty million in revenue, and they had only uh, forty one million raised. I guess one good question that would be, uh, I think that would be good to ask you is: There's a lot of folks that have boards, but they just do a terrible job of using board members, right, for strategic reasons. What founder have you worked with in the past that is just you think has done a brilliant job at treating you like an employee, almost getting you to do stuff that really helps them? Yeah, so what the first thing I'd say is it's super important to know the difference between governance and management. And it's it's important for board members to understand where that lies. And it's super important for for governors, for directors to 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 be involved, but to be to be hands-off, I guess. Uh, you know, they say, well, they, they do say, uh, you know, noses in, uh, hands out. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the CEO of, of Swiped On, CEO and founder, Hadley, uh, t- did a great job of, of kind of leaning on me when it was appropriate, but also, you know, having that arm's length separation. Um, and so that was, that was a fun process. It was a really fun process to walk alongside him from, from the very early stages to the end. Can you share a real story, one that he won't care if you share when you, to actually quantify what you mean when you say he, quote, leaned on you? Yeah, so in the early days uh, before I came on board, when it was a very, very early product, they had outsourced some development uh, to uh, uh, an individual in in Pakistan, I believe, uh, and that uh, these horror stories sometimes happen. That kind of kind of went south. That relationship went south, uh, and there was this is a long, long time ago now, and there was a bunch of stuff that happened around you know people threatening to steal source code and out people and, and rip off software and stuff like that. And um, you know that stuff is, is is super scary for for anyone. And so I think that's not an example where, as a board member, you have the opportunity to to provide the support and and, and guidance. I guess I mean at the end of the day, the C probably knows what the right thing to do is, and will will do it anyway. But having someone uh, who you can confide in, because the reality is, as C, it's it's super hard because you, you can't be completely honest with your your employees because you know at the end of the day the buck stops with you and so your board members you should absolutely see them as a sounding board you can be totally honest with and you can have that that super open conversation with interesting and then what about matt ellis did he use you well at cloudability i mean in the early days for sure i mean i think you know once once you do series a series b with with people like you know the foundry uh, you know, it, it all changes, and, and it's it's kind of hard for early angel investors. I mean, I've had uh, not with Cloudability, but with other companies, I've had sort of the email from from CE saying, "Hey, 
we've we've done series A, B, C, whatever. Uh, from now on, we probably won't be updating you ever, and I won't reply to your your emails, kind of thing, which is which is a, a little bit jarring. That wasn't the case with with Matt and JR at Cloudability, uh, but this, the relationship absolutely changes. But I mean, for me, I think the uh, the important thing is outside of you know, I mean, there's a there's a validation that you've done a good job, right? Because they they're leaving home, they're growing up, your kids are, are finally fledging. Uh, and that's a good thing. But the relationships in terms of the respect and the friendships, those remain. And so I, I catch up with JR, uh, co-founder of Cloudability. I, I saw him at AWS reInvent only a few months ago, uh, him and his wife. He's a great guy. I deeply respect him. He stayed at my house in New Zealand. Uh, and and that, stuff, that stuff endures outside of the kind of startup cycle. Now, obviously, we're only talking about your wins here. Uh, you know, I bet you probably have a lot of the angel checks that went south as well. We'll get to those in a second. But for Cloudability, there's a lot of you know early stage, even angel investors, solo funds listening, going, how do I get to a JR on a mat? How do I get into the next Cloudability? How did you get into that deal specifically? And if you can share, what was the check size you wrote? Yeah, I was super lucky. I mean, the check size was, from memory, it was like 20, 30K, so not much at all. Uh, I was super lucky because I was working in, in the Valley, living in New Zealand, working in the Valley as, a, as an industry analyst. I went to, to all the shows. I, I put on shows. And so I had fantastic deal flow. Um, that's totally not the case for other people. So, you know, one option is to get involved in an angel network. I'm not so big on that because it's kind of douchebaggy. Um, just just swim in the waters. Just go and meet some folks. Go hang out at, at open nights. Go to go to pitch days or whatever, and and get to know people because it's about the, the relationship is the key thing. And so, you know, you might not have the fantastic deal flow that I've been fortunate enough to have. Um, you know, individuals may not have, but but just swimming in that sea, you start to get a an, an affinity and start to pattern match. Really. Mm-hmm. So, how many angel checks would you say you've written over the past ten years? Uh, I guess somewhere between fifteen and hundred. Okay, and how many of those just went to zero? Uh, probably. So there's 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 probably forty percent still in play. I okay. would say I've been super lucky. So probably sixty um, percent of the ones that have had an outcome have been a positive outcome. Forty percent have been to zero. A uh, positive outcome would mean you at least got your money back. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, you've got to have ones like Cloudability, though, that are doing, you know, 5, 10, 20x your money back, hopefully, though, right? Yeah, overall, uh, overall, I'm I'm super lucky. I've got, so so say, 40% still in play. Um, my portfolio is in the positive, even with those still in play. So, so I've, I've done, I've done, I've done well. Um, and let's see what happens with these other ones. Right now is a, is a difficult time in the, in the sector. So we'll have to see what, what shakes out. What year did you write your first angel check? Uh, so it was Cloudability was my first deal, and that was um, whenever they started. So that's like nine, ten years ago, I guess. Yep. Okay. Interesting. And so you got forty percent still in play. Now those founders that are so big, they don't give you updates anymore. How do you know what to mark them up at? <laughs> How do you go? What's my ten k? What was my ten k angel check? What's it worth now? Yeah. So like, I'm not a fund. For a fund, obviously, you have to keep on top of that stuff. For an angel, don't don't invest anything you're not prepared to lose. When you do invest really enjoy the ride but you you're kind of paying for the ride and if you have an outcome at the other end that's a bonus and so i don't think about that money i don't you know i don't uh, yeah of course i track it i have a spreadsheet and all that sort of stuff and i have some crazy stuff around what i think it's actually worth and what i might realize but but that isn't that isn't real until the money hits the bank it's it's not real did you get in canva no Canva. And can you name the company that maybe you don't, you defenders don't talk to you anymore because they're so big, but you think it's going to be your biggest win? 
No, I've had some big wins which have been in, in percentage terms, which have been kind of invisible. So a company called Store Reduce that 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 sold to pure storage, um, you know, no one's ever heard of and, and and whatever. But in percentage terms, it was it was super good. Um, I, I'm you know like so Canva. You know, um, if only I had had been in there. Uh, there's another uh, company in New Zealand that does kind of, um, you know, democratizing share trading. Uh, right. And, I, I, you know, I talked to those folks super early on. I was a mentor at a program they were on. I just didn't didn't kind of work for me and they've done super well. But, you know, you, you, you can't be in everything. And it, hindsight has 20-20 vision, right? You, you always say, oh, well, I should have been in that one. Well, yeah, maybe not. Who knows at the time? That's right. That's right. Very interesting. Okay, so so any itch to get into the operating side and stop investing and maybe launch your own SaaS company? No. So the thing for me is that um, I like having a bunch of things on the go. So I'm I'm on maybe ten or a dozen boards. I I own my own. I do own my own manufacturing business in another sector. I do a lot of analysis. And the thing for me is that when I'm only doing one thing. You know, you know what businesses like, especially early stage businesses, they're up and down and sometimes things are going really badly. And I kind of, that's all a bit depressing. And the great thing about having a portfolio of stuff is that there's always something doing well. And so it kind of evens that up for me. So no, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and start my own thing now. I'm kind of, it's, it's a young person's game. I don't, I, I want balance. I don't want to work 20 hours a day. I mean, I do work a lot. I'm, you know, I was up at four o'clock this morning to, to record this call. So, so I'm happy to work a lot, but I also want some balance and optionality. And the reality is that as a SaaS founder, no matter what people say, you, you, you don't have that balance because you have to, you have to focus because it's a, it's a short life cycle. And in order to scale to the level to see the outcome, you need to be, you need to be hustling. I'm going to ask you a very specific question, so feel free to punt if it's not relevant to your experience. But a lot of times, folks that are raising their Series A, you know, that's when a board structure of usually five is proposed, right? And it's usually structured as three common. The seed investor has one seat, and maybe the new investor has another, or the new investor has another plus a, a one, an independently, you know, mutually agreed upon position. One, one of the things where I've just seen founders get destroyed on this is if is if the verbiage of that board structure says those three seats out of the five uh, can be appointed by whoever owns majority of common. Well, the founder assumes they'll always have majority of common. And there are ways that that cannot be the case in the future. And we say you should structure it as you, your name, the CEO, right? Not necessarily majority of common. Would you agree with that advice? And feel free to disagree and maybe share an example if you can. Yeah, so it's, it's super difficult. And obviously, I'd refer everyone to, to Brad Feld's you know, Venture Deals book because there's some, there's some great advice in there. Uh, and also, he's done uh, done a book about governance. Uh, it's contextual, right? So, if you have a check and the check says, "Hey, we want the, these terms around the board seats," otherwise, we're not going to give you the check. You know, what are you going to do? For sure, it's it's within a founder's interest that they have the power over over appointing the board, um, and and they don't want to lose control because hey, they might get fired or, or whatever. The reality is, the right thing for the company is that you know the board is independently at some level is in, independently appointed and the right thing might be to to fire the ce uh and so i i, I see it both ways i mean i think it comes down to you, you can spend a lot of time angsting the the legal the legal terms and conditions but the reality is it comes down to the relationship and as long as there's trust and confidence then then you're okay i mean sometimes the reality is and we've seen it so many times before 
it's unusual for the founder to be able to take take an organization through to exit or IPO because it's a different skill set. And it's very important to have that conversation up front. And I don't think I think it's really important for founders to realize that at some point they might not be the right person and they're far better off to em- embrace that fact than to go unwillingly. And, and if their way of kind of dealing with that is to try and retain control of board seats so they don't get fired, well, it's a perfect victory because the outcome might be bad. Uh, they're still in the role, but the outcome might be bad. So I, I, I think, you know, for sure it's in the, the uh, entrepreneur's interests, but there's a bigger picture and it's super important for the for the entrepreneur to think about that bigger picture and get some advice and mentorship before they go through the the, the deal around how that shakes out. Then on that note, where can folks learn more from you online if they want to check you out? Sure. So connect with me on Twitter. I'm at Ben Keeps. I've uh, been there for a long time. Uh, and uh, on my, my, my website, diversity.net.nz. Guys, there you have it. He started writing his first angel checks back 19 years ago. First one, the Cloudability 20K check. That turned out nice for him. And in fact, 19 years later, after that first check, he still got 40% of his checks he's written, call it in play, 40% of dead and 20%. Who the hell knows what happened to those guys? But it growing nicely, a lot of diverse investments. And you know, he's building it really a life he loves. He's has his own manufacturing company on the side, doesn't want to run his own thing and likes supporting entrepreneurs with right governance, right structure, especially in the early days as they scale and obviously hopefully generate returns. Ben, we appreciate you. Thanks for taking us to the Stop. Thanks, man.